0: And This is not, uh, KEXU ninety six point one FM, Bo People's Revolutionary Radio on JV, and you're listening to Free Aslan. And today's show, we have um, I have a few co-hosts, and we're going to be interviewing somebody from the Rapid Response Network. And that's a network that's focusing on ICE terror, on battling ICE terror. And, um, you know, um, and this is, you know, targeting of our communities and our people uh, from this paramilitary force. So before I get into that, I just want to say a few words about um, coming from Aslan Press. And this concerns the concentration camps and the continuous... Use of prisoners as gladiators uh, by the state, and this is a continuing uh, struggle. The families and friends and supporters of these prisoners, um, you know, continue to organize and to meet at the Capitol in Sacramento uh, to battle and combat uh, this, um, you know, this, this repression that prisoners are facing. And, you know, as I've said before. This is a, a case of, um, you know, the guards in the state uh, sanctioning these gladiator fights, uh, putting our loved ones in harm, our brothers and sisters, our neighbors, our parents, our children, our friends, and our community members, uh, you know, pitting them against each other uh, for sport. It's a blood sport that continues, you know, and... Um, And so this is something that the people are organizing against and um anybody who has been behind enemy lines knows um the many ways that uh the state targets um you know oppressed people oppressed nations people within um the prison houses so that's something that Uh, Free Aslan continues to rally around and and continues to support the struggle to end the gladiator fights. And as I said before, I was used as a human gladiator by the state as well. So I understand exactly what they're doing, why they're doing it, who they're targeting, and why they're targeting certain individuals. So um, this is something that uh, we must stop. And... um, and so, also, uh, in other news, there's the case of Anthony Nunez. Uh, he's a Chicano youth from San Jose who was brutally murdered by the pigs. Uh, and, and today, um, they continue the court case. You know, they're in the courts. Um, and so, the family's asking everybody to meet at the federal courthouse in San Jose, Khalifa Aslan. And, um, and to support the family and to send a message to the courts and to the state that uh, we are not going to tolerate our youth being murdered um, by the pigs. And so it's asked that we pack the courtroom, that we pack outside the courtroom, and that we send a clear message that uh, we are not going to tolerate our people being murdered by the pigs. And, and so... Um, make sure you, sh- you show up on Friday this Friday at the federal courthouse in San Jose Califas Aslan. and so now I'm going to get to the interview uh, we have a special guest on the phone uh, Jesus from the rapid response network of Santa Clara County Jesus uh, welcome to free Aslan
1: hello brother how are you doing and
0: thanks for having me on well i'm doing much better now that you're here and in the struggle with us against this ice terror and you know it's 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 hard to explain it as any other thing except uh you know it's it's terrorism it's they're terrorizing our people they're terrorizing our community and um you know this is something that the chicano mexicano people have been uh, struggling against for hundreds of years uh, since colonization um, of our people so you know you know it's a, it's an ongoing fight it's a pro- protracted struggle and we're just happy that uh, there's organizations like rapid response that um, is organizing against this this ice terror so um, you know for the listeners um, and I have a few co-hosts today I, I have uh, co-host Guillermo um, there's also uh, Lupe Luhan is here and I have another co-host as well so um, there's going to be a few of us and we'll just be talking about rapid response uh, ice terror and how we can organize and which ways we could combat this so let me hit go to the first question uh, Jesus, and the first question would be: um, Can you ask? Can you tell the listeners a little bit about rapid response? Where it was created, and why it was created? Why it's necessary?
1: Yeah, and you know, you hit the nail right in the head when you said that this has been going on since colonization, the separation of our families. I mean, the root Mm. of you know the foundation of this country is is some separating families. They separated our our black brothers and sisters, you know, to be sold into slavery. They separated our native relatives to put their children in boarding schools, and now they're separating our immigrant children from their parents and putting them in cages. And that's exactly why we started this Rapid Response Network. This is a phenomenon that's like taking over the country. It's people that said, you know what, enough is enough. Um, I want to be able to use my privilege. And it's mostly people... um, citizens that are signing up to be what we calling rapid responders so it started at least here in san jose california in santa clara county it started in about we launched our network in august 30th of 2017 just a few months after trump took office and the reason i mean even though we needed this when obama was in place because we already know that he deported more than anybody else um you know we put this into effect when trump came into office and the sole purpose of this of this of this network, which is community led is that um, we had a meeting with our community leaders who are who are directly impacted people um, that are undocumented, and they just told us after Trump won like who do I call when they pick up my loved one like mm-hmm. who like what attorney do I trust like what do I do like i don't know what to do like i wouldn't know what's the first thing to do if they pick my loved one up, and you know um how do I know like who to call so that's when the rapid response network came about actually it started off in San Francisco um, and then we pretty much took their blueprint and implemented it here and the reason it was is because ice has been coming in for years and like at 4 or 5 in the morning taking away our relatives or brothers and sisters or parents or mothers and we don't know where they're gone until 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 they're already on the other side of the border in Tijuana So that's where we started it, because we knew that there was going to be massive, massive parades happening, and we want to make sure we give the community a hotline that they can call. It's a 24-hour hotline that if you call, somebody's going to pick up the phone, whether you call at 2 p.m. or whether you call at 2 a.m. Somebody's going to pick up the call. Um, If you're saying that ICE is in front of your house, we will send volunteers over there to start recording what ICE is doing, and the reason we do that, it's because is known to to violate um our relatives constitutional rights either by forcing themselves into a home or by um illegally searching them or whatever it is so that's what the responders are there for to document everything that ice is doing so if they're seen um breaking somebody's constitutional rights we can then use that evidence in court to get our brothers and sisters out of detention or out of the court system so that's the main reason why we started it, and now I think there's one like, and like in, there's still like one like in like in 40 cities throughout the nation. There's a rapid response network. There's, I mean, California has the most ones, but there's some in Denver, there's some in New York, there's some in Arizona, Chicago. They're everywhere now. So this is pretty much us checking eyes on what they're doing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful.
2: Um, uh, I have a question for you. Um, first of all, I want to acknowledge the brothers and sisters that are in the prison system. There's uh, people that are going to be starting to come forward to, to try to help you. Um, uh, so um, I was part of the rapid response in um, Oakland. And so what can you tell us uh that's coming up on July the twelfth. Um, everybody, uh, come out and against the the detention. Uh, can you uh, go over that a little I'm bit?
1: I'm I'm having a very difficult time hearing you. Can you say that again? Uh,
2: July the twelfth. D- d- um, they're asking for rapid response all over. For on July the twelfth, um, everybody come out against the detention. The children uh, in the concentration camps. Do you have you? We're, we're asking people to come out July the 12th. Hello? Did you
1: get that? No, I didn't get that. Can you repeat that? I'm sorry. Um, it's, it's like really, really low. Yeah.
0: Uh,
3: we're making some minor adjustments here. It's, hopefully you can hear us in a second.
2: Uh, so oh, I there was, we go. Way better. Oh, okay. Sorry. Tech Technology. Um, <laughs> so, I was part of the rapid response um, in Oakland, and uh, it was very um, necessary. And we moved like hundreds of people in 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 short amount of time. So, gente, first of all, be prepared and be part of the movement to bring awareness because it could be your neighbor but it could also be your house so we really have to come out could you tell us what's being planned for july the 12th rapid response
1: july the 12th um i'm sorry like uh
2: i'm not sure what's going on that day or july the 12th what i heard is um There's going to be actions on July the 4th in Washington, D.C. People are demonstrating, but they also want people out really July the 4th and really to show that we're not going to stand for this uh, concentration camps that they're, they're forming right now. So people read what's going on, participate. The brothers asking people to participate in rapid response. We have to because this is your neighbor. It's going to be your household pretty soon. So we have to um, start talking and educating and reading. Read the little red card. There's a red card that everyone should read. Um, You know, don't open your door. You don't have to answer the questions. It's like we all need to educate ourselves on what we have to do. We have rights, and we just need to be aware that we need to get in the street and show that we're not going for this.
1: Yeah, so there is a lot of mobilization that's being planned for July 4th, and there's some groups actually, like, well, it's still it's still up in the air exactly what they're going to look like, but yes, yeah, like... I would really suggest that everybody turns out and shows up to these events that are being planned. Um, I can't stress enough how much we need, co- like, the community members to, to you know, even though you're not directly impacted as an undocumented person, you know, this is rooted on white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's not rooted on the legal aspect of it. It's not right. political. It's, it's mm. straight up rooted on white supremacy, right. um, which is why that if, if you know, if you're a person of color, whether you're a citizen or not, if it was up to this government, like they wouldn't have us here. Um, and it's it's very important for people to to show up to these events because um, I've I've seen how how impactful it is when people turn out. I myself was in ice detention in 2012. I spent three months in an ice detention in 2012 because I was here undocumented. Now now I got DACA which is why I'm out here. But um, it was the community coming out to my actions, coming out to my rally, signing the petition that actually put pressure on us to release me. Mm. So, you know, every little thing helps. So it's important for a community to not think it's not going to happen to us. I mean, it might not happen to us or to certain people because they're citizens, but you will be surprised how many of your friends are not citizens, but you just mm-hmm. think they are because, you know they carried it because, you know, they were raised here. And, um, but most of my friends, that are mostly Chicanos that were born here, they were surprised when ICE came pick me up at my home. They were like, what, he's undocumented? I didn't know that. And that's because at first, you know, I was ashamed to say I'm undocumented because, you know, like back then, but now it's like, you know, like, you know, that's like a badge of honor. It's like coming out of the shadows and showing them that we're not hiding anymore and that we're gonna still stand up for our community. So anytime there's an opportunity to show up, show up whether it's a big rally whether it's a small rally whether you're the only one there just show up and because and, that's what we need for folks to do
3: yeah I, this is guillermo can you hear me
1: yes i can hear you
3: good yeah i think that that it's correct what you're saying in terms of that this is white supremacy, you know. Some of us would actually go a little further and say that this is reflective of a white settler colonialist nation. Um, they took it the land away from the indigenous people. They took the land away from the Chicano Mexicano people, and they're trying to impose their point of view, their history. A good example is up here in, in uh, up here, down south a little ways from where we are in San Jose. They they painted over a mural, the mural de la Raza that had been there for. Y- for at least 20 years and right now there's a struggle to get it back you know and so as my sister said earlier we understand that there's going to be uh, vigils, candlelight vigils or other vigils primarily a- along the border but they're asking people in other cities or you know, like here in Oakland or Santa Clara or San Jose to have a vigil in front of the federal building uh, to protest you know, the conditions in the, in, the, in, the cor- in the concentration camps where they have the young people right now, where they have the young kids sleeping on the floor with no blankets and stuff. Um, you know, and so we think that that's important. And one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is if the response network ha- it has related and, or is part anyway with the group out of Seattle Uh, Washington, the chinga de la migra people that are holding demonstrations against the migra and calling for it to be eliminated, eliminated uh, because we have to go beyond, you know asking them asking them, oh please don't hit me please don't shoot me it's like we have to defend the community we have to defend ourselves and a good action that took place I think on Sunday was in Queens, in the barrio up there in, in New York ICE was going to arrest some, a family member, a father. But the community came out and stalled the ICE action from taking place. They got in front of the, the ICE cars, and for like three to four hours, they held them off. They, they weren't able to, to arrest this young man. But I think that at the end, they may have negotiated something and let him out. But those are the kinds of actions that we have to grow across the, the Occupy Turtle Island. You know, we have to defend the community. And I think it's important that we go beyond just know your rights. We need to develop something similar to what happened before in the late 70s and the 80s when there was a mass campaign to not collaborate with the grand jury. We don't need to collaborate with ICE. We don't need to tell them anything. They have to have some idea or reason as to why they suspect me of being undocumented. They can't just come up to any Mexicano or Mexicana on the street and say, show me your papers. What, you know, if, and if that comes to, I mean, they're already doing it, right? But we have to organize and fight back because as somebody famous said, they kept, you know, and I forget the whole poem, right? But if they come for them today, they're going to come for me tomorrow because they're slowly eliminating all our democratic and human rights. So we have to organize and defend them. What do you think about that?
1: you know that that, that's something that that we lack of i believe um nowadays i think that back then in the in the you know in the 60s 70s and 80s i think more of our community was like standing up because they were feeling the oppression they were feeling you know the hate and the racism right when they exited their homes because can't hear you what happened like um i'm sorry like <clears throat> it was normal back then for uh racist people to be racist publicly right like you had like you had signs that said no browns and no dogs allowed no mexicans allowed and stuff like that so i think that's why people stood up back then i think you know and i hate to say this man but i feel that a lot of our community members are, are like our raza nowadays is you know like a lot of them are comfortable because you know they don't see that going on, or they're not directly impacted by a certain issue, or they live in neighborhoods that you know it's, it's it's just us, and you know there's no racist people there. But we might not see racism as much in the streets anymore as we used to see it. But we see them in the courtroom. We're seeing it in the jails. We're mm. seeing it in institutions. You know, like everything that's going on right now. You know, with with the you know with our you know with the children being in cells in, in and in cages, in actually,
0: cages. without
1: yeah. any without any food, I mean, without any toothbrush, without any shampoo, without any health care. If one of our sisters was treating her children like that out in the street, what do you think they're going to do? Like the government will come and take the children take their away their because that's away. not yeah. the way you're supposed to treat your it's children. It's considered child animals. abuse actually, yeah. Yeah, so... <clears throat> there you know and 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 you're right like we need to do more than just you know say don't hit me we need to protect ourselves but um at the end of the day i feel that a lot of our like own community is is lacking the need to do that and 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 my question is always like how can i wake my people up and tell them that you know you are next on the list Mm. you you know you're just because you don't take an interest in politics, it doesn't mean that politics does not take an interest in you. And you know, it's tough to get them to understand that. And, and and I mean, I just feel that if all of our community rolls up as one, we'll be unstoppable.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
4: And, uh... Hi, um... Jesus. Jesus, sorry. Hi, Jesus. This is uh, Lupe Lujan, and I have a question for you. Um, going back to um, you mentioned that you were uh, in a detention center, and uh, I don't know how much time you uh, you spend there, but um, I'm just wondering, uh, you know, how you managed to, you know, come out of it because, uh, you know, some people have been there for years. And, um, also, um, if you see, uh, you know, people, uh, that are getting picked up, you know, their rights, uh, not, uh, are violated by, uh, not having, you know, due process. So, can you talk on that? Yes, um,
1: so I was there for three months, exactly three months. I got picked up in September 18, and I got released on December 18. And, you know, um... And, that was short? And, and, that was short yeah, compared to... It, it was three months. It mm-hmm. was three months. I mean, there was people there that were there for, like, years. Right. You know, just, like, fighting their cases. And they were just hanging on by, it. like, their hope was, like, just a threat, like, 1%. But so when I got picked up, you know, my attorney told me straight up, we have a 1% chance of getting out because wow. um, of, of my case. Um, so we were victim of immigration fraud back in the day. And that's how I ended up in the system. That's how I ended up with a deportation against me because we were, um, our the attorney that we got just got the money out of us and pretty much just led us to walk ourselves into deportation proceedings. So um, mm. I was there for three months and, and one thing that I noticed when I was in there that I didn't know before is that immigration is not just a Latino issue. It's a black issue, it's an Asian Amer it's an um Asian issue, it's a Middle Eastern issue. I mean, I saw people in the bunk that I was in in the pod that were from every part of the world. And I'm mm. like, Oh man, this is crazy. Like now imagine if we all just stopped working in silos and just came together as one community and just asked for change. Right. Um But, you know, that's what I learned in there. And what got me out, it was the community, like I said earlier. The community saw my case and they're like, nah, like, he don't deserve to be in there because, you know, he was cheated on or whatever. And, you know, they had rallies for me outside of the San Francisco ICE building. They were making calls to elected officials. They were making calls to ICE officers. They were making calls to, you know, the government, like the government, everybody else. And, you know, the pressure, you know, I caught up to them. So one day I was sleeping at three in the morning, and out of nowhere, I'm just here. You know, I hear over the loudspeaker that I'm being released, Mm. and I didn't know what was going on. I thought I was going to get sent to a different detention center or something like that. But you know, it ended up being that you know my community stood up for me, and um, and they didn't give up because they were it for three months and it didn't give up. So and that's exactly why I'm doing this work because I'm gonna tell you straight up: if it wasn't for me being in the detention center, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be doing this work. It's because I saw what my community was going through. I saw in there how span- I was like a translator for my pod. I saw how when 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 the when the undoc- when the Spanish speaking people will give the the CO a a request for for a doctor note, you know, they'll like like crumble it up and throw it away. Right. So when they were trying to make a complaint about some conditions, they'll tear it up and throw it away. Mm. so I said to myself in my, if I ever get out of here I'm going to make sure I speak up because a lot of people are getting deported they, they don't got the privilege that I have to come back out and, and you know and, 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 and be a voice you know Great. I went for I went from being an echo to being a voice before I was following people. I was just doing what they were telling me to do. Yeah, and
4: and they say, you know, when you're affected by it, that's when, you know, you get involved, you know. Uh, But as long as, you know, nobody's touched by this, uh, you know, they just, they don't really care about it or get involved. Uh, And so, um, fantastic, great, awesome (laughs) job. Go ahead. Chewie,
3: I have a follow-up question, if you want, real quick. Hey. I know it was a short time, but in those three months that you were there, did they have any kind of like education classes or anything for you, or it was just like you hung out in the in the concentration center and that was it?
1: You know what, man? Um, it was a county jail. I was actually in Yuba County. Um, back then, they had contracts with ICE. Back then, a lot of it, um, a lot of this um, county jails, local, like local county jails, they had a contract with ICE. So what would happen is that um, if you're from San Francisco area, they would take you to um, either Yuba County, Contra Costa County, Sacramento County, or Alameda County. And all of the contracts have been terminated already except Yuba County. Um, but what they did was that they were... Um, it was a county jail. I was, you know, I was in, in a dormitory for, um, I want to say, you know, 24 seven. We just had like a little bit of, of sun, of, um, of sunlight mm-hmm. and and that was it. Um, you know, we had, you know, I would go to AA classes just to get out of my pot. Cause it was boring and I wanted to, scary. you know, get my mind distracted. Because what affects somebody that's in ICT the most is not the physical, physical imprisonment, but it's the mental one. It's not knowing what's going to happen to your case. you have seeing people that were there for six months, eight months, a year fighting their case and they still got deported. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that you know, your family in the outside is suffering, you know, because my, the majority of the time the person that gets picked up is the breadwinner of the family unfortunately mm-hmm. and and when you're inside there when you're stressing about your case you don't know what's going to happen and when you're not sure where your family is going to get their next meal from like that can drive you crazy to the point mm-hmm. that you just sign your own deportation yeah. and all that is done intentionally yeah i agree Because with that they was. know that cuz they know that our community is very resilient but you know they do it so much that we just break down yeah, and we just don't know like and we just sign our own deportation
3: yeah they try like they wrote it down they worry do really down but see I just wanted to add real quick because I think Jose has a qu- another follow up question given what you d- experienced, man how do you think that like chavalitos and chavalitas who you know like five six years old separated from their mothers their family put in concentration caps you know sleeping on the floor etc man the impact that that's going to have on them on their outlook and when they get we hooked up with their family, man. It's going to be like, you didn't do nothing, eh? They left me in this yeah. cage. Yeah, they didn't feed me. They didn't give me a toothbrush. Nada, you know. And it's not like, I'm, well, that's why it's important that people show up on July 12th for these vigils that are taking place. If you don't know, check it out. It's, it's on the web, I'm sure. It's going to be up there soon.
2: Or, and, or call the congressional office in your district. I mean, we just have to put pressure, 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 pressure. Get out there. Uh, make phone calls, write
1: letters, just
0: get out in the
2: street, yeah.
0: boycott everything, all of the above. And I just uh, I wanted to say, comment, uh, Jesus, that you know you you made a very good point um, earlier when you talked about in your pod there was people from all over the world, and um, you know, and and the thing is, it's there is people from all over the world. However, in the corporate media. Um, you know, in the corporate media, um, you know, they don't show that it's people from all over the world. They mostly focus on Mexicano or Central Americans and, um, you know, quote unquote so Central Americans. And, and they, they focus on these groups um, when it comes to Mexicanos because of the national oppression that we face uh, as Chicano-Mexicano people here in the United States. So, you know, they want to, um, you know, some people call racism that it's actually national oppression. And, you know, know, they're standing on occupied territory. So, you know, they want to make sure that the general public, uh, which often translate as, you know, as white America, uh, the white nation, as that they focus on Mexico, um, you know, this is, uh, you know, everything negative, and that uh, these are the people that we're focusing on when in reality, as you said, there's people from all over the world, it's just not Mexicano. So, and another thing I wanted to say was, <coughs> excuse me, that, you know, I identify very much with what you say because, you know, as a, um, you know, torture survivor myself and ex-prisoner, you know, and and they tortured me for 10 years in in solitary confinement and, you know, everybody around the world says solitary is torture, but you brought up a lot of good... um, Points when you're, um, you know, in prison like this, and you know the effect it has on your family and friends, and this is a psychological blow. Uh, that they do um, in order to break down the prisoner and to ensure there's no resistance. You know, like you said, uh, people will basically sign away their deportation and get the hell out of there. And this is a way of breaking them down so that they don't stay and resist and do whatever they could to, um, you know, you know through the courts or just you know through being there physically in these cells and organizing hunger strikes and all, all, all of the above so um one of the things is psychological um you know psychological warfare that they use and, and they use it on um ice detention but they also use it in the state prison system as well um through uh, solitary confinement through censorship through um outright murder you know and um One of the things that they're doing right now is using state prisoners as gladiators. So they target our people in so many different ways. And as a result, as the compañero uh, Guillermo had brought up, um, how is that going to affect the future of these children um, who are going through this? Um, Just like uh, for Chicano, for the Chicano Nation, you know, uh, our youth are um, traumatized by uh, criminalization at a very young age, you know, um, you know, at a very young age, our people are traumatized, and, you know, um, me personally, you know, I was criminalized at the age of 12, so, um, you know, how does this affect when children are imprisoned and repressed and um, abused and um, all of the above? As children how does it affect their future how is it going to affect their family life how is it going to affect their relations how is it going to affect their relationship with their children and um, as scientific studies have shown trauma is inherited so it's not only going to affect the mexicanos uh, youth um, children in these ice concentration camps but, um, you know, it's going to affect their children are going to inherit this trauma and their children's children. And so this trauma that they're creating, um, you know, our people are going to be suffering uh, for this for many generations. So, you know, I just wanted to add that and, and say that, um, you know, when it comes to ICE detention, in my opinion, uh, you know, the, the migrant people um, who are stuffed in these concentration camps, Uh, suffer the most uh, within U.S. borders, within these false U.S. borders, um, they suffer the most because they don't even have the privilege um, of being uh, paper citizens and having access to these uh, crooked courts, and they are crooked, but at the same time, migrant people cannot even, in many cases, um, utilize things like uh, the right to remain silent. I mean, none of us could. They murder us in the street when we're unarmed. But um, in reality, uh, migrant people suffer the most. And um, and so, um, and another thing before I move on, uh, before the compañera um, uh, asked the next question, I just wanted to say um, I felt uh, very strongly in unity with you when you said that how when you were imprisoned and how... Um, you were privileged to get out of there and because you've seen the abuse, you've seen people write uh, complaints and grievances and they get ripped up, well, i seen the same thing, compañero, and i seen them rip up uh, you know, uh, appeals and I seen them, uh, target the individuals who are writing these appeals. And I also, uh, stood up for prisoners and filed lawsuits. I also did appeals and grievances and I also stood up to try to be a voice for many people who, uh, um, either had no voice or didn't want to exercise their voice and being released from this. A concentration camp and being out here, I as well feel very privileged as you, um, even though we consider this minimum security. You know, this is not really freedom, this is minimum security, but it is a privilege that those inside those camps do not have. And just like you, compañero, I also feel the need. Uh, to continue to be a voice for those left behind. And I will conti- I'll always be a voice for those left behind. And I just wanted to tell you that I d- identify very much with you and, and unity with you on that, compañero.
1: I appreciate it. I mean, and, and, and that's how it has to be, man. And one thing you, you mentioned that, that is like, again, like it's right on, it's who suffers from these conditions that we're living in. Um, it's the children, right? Mm. Most, of the people that, most of the people that, you know, that end up in prison for one way or another, it had to do how they were brought up or what kind of, you know, the environment they were brought up. So, you know, they know that and, and they're, they're, they're intentionally doing this for us to, like, self-destruct.
0: Yes, they are.
1: In the future. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a one-year-old son. And sometimes when I leave him with his uncle who he sees every like every every week, <laughs> when I leave him with him sometimes and I'm walking away, he starts crying, and that hurts, even yes, though sir. he's with my brother, and he knows him, so I can just imagine how you know these other babies feel when they're literally being torn apart from their family and given to complete strangers and again, like I said, like. That's the foundation of this country. That's another another form of um, of of, um, of genocide. It's killing, killing, us from inside. It's ripping our families apart, ripping us apart from the people that can teach us about our culture, that can teach us about you know our family, our roots. Mm. Kind of how when they were putting people like the, our native relatives into 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 boarding school. be civilized because according to them they weren't civilized right Mm -hmm. so um yeah so you make a good point when you say that our children are the ones going to suffer at the end of the day
3: yes uh, that's and trump is saying the same thing he's saying that you know i'm not a common man so i stand up right for the mexican people but that doesn't mean i don't fight for other people as well but he says that we're lazy we're criminals you know we just bring drugs into this country which is the same thing man they're just criminalizing criminal criminalizing our gente, all of us. It doesn't matter how I look. It doesn't matter how you look. It's like, oh, there's another Mexican man. I wonder how much drugs he brought in. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we could say politically about uh, ICE and detention and like that. And, you know, like, we agree here in in this room anyways in terms of white settler colonialism and a white settler nation. But that's an idea that people got to understand. It's like they're superimposing their, their superstructure, if you, will, if you will, on top of us. And we're still like, it's like the, you know, like Atslan underground, right? We're trying to rise up. But, so, but I wanted to ask you, give you a little bit more time. What if some of our listeners, other people here right now listening to us in Atslan, in San Francisco, in the Bay, or Oakland, San Leandro, Hayward, if they want to hook up with the Rapid Response Network, and maybe even create one in San Leandro, right? How can they go about that? Who do they call? What do they need to do? And since this may be my last comment, I also just want to kick back and say, July 12th, vigils, you know, nationwide coordinated, against the ongoing incarceration of young people, niños and niñas, you know? I mean, everybody in the ICE detention center should be freed, but it's like little kids, man. You know, no food, they're sleeping on the floor, no blankets, et etc. et cetera. But, like, how can people get in touch with the Rapid Response Network and what do they need to do if they want to create one in San Pancho? Or
1: anywhere. Yeah, so there's actually, I, 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 I think I could safely say, that there is a rapid response network in every city in the Bay Area, um, or most counties in the Bay Area. There's one in San Francisco County, San Mateo County. There's one in Alameda County, Contra Costa County. So there's one in every area. And what I can do, I have the picture of, or I have a flyer with all the numbers. What I can do is I can text it to you after I jump off and then you can post it on your Facebook page. And then folks that are following you on your Facebook or Instagram, um, they can go on there and they can call their local hotline. And I mean, usually we don't want people calling the hotline unless it's an emergency. But we need more people to come out and be responders. So this is an emergency. So we want more people to um, sign up to be rapid responders. So whoever you know follows you can can call their local network and just ask when is it, when the next training. And that's how they can get linked up to their to the network.
0: And can't they find it on the internet? Just go online and, and punch in Rapid Response Network, and wouldn't every chapter pop up?
1: Did you um, hear that? So you might find some hotlines. You might not find some hotlines. Oh, okay. Not sure how 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 the outreach efforts are for a lot of this um, organization or networks, but i mean you can go to our facebook page with the santa Clara county Rapid response Network, and i think there's a list there of all the other numbers
0: too oh great great that's good and can you read off the red card can you read off that red card for uh people's rights what they should do what they shouldn't do um or just give a verbal um recollection whatever you remember about what's some good advice for people when they come knocking on their door
2: Did you hear that? Uh, One of the things is don't let them in. Um, You do not have to let them in. Um, uh, 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 The answer to um, one of the questions that um, someone mentioned earlier is, you know, like if they can't get a hold of rapid response, is put signs up and stand in a corner uh, you know, just start making the beautiful art that our gente makes. Just put it out there. Sorry, can you speak a little bit higher? I can't put, hear you. Put sorry. the put. Uh, make make signs and say, shut down the concentration camps. It is destroying our our gente. It's you know they're chopping they're chopping our they're trying to chop away our soul. We're we're gente. We're 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 corn people. We we don't we're not going to die off. We're going to we're mestizos. We're we're, we're We're here to stay. So make the beautiful art. Shut down the concentration camps. Save our children. If you cannot connect with the rapid response organization, stand on the corner. A lot of the people that are older generations that are 70, 80, 90 years old. They're immigrants. They remember how they they got here. It's affecting them psychologically also. And the kids, the kids don't even recognize their parents anymore. And yes, we are getting killed and shot point blank by, by the police. Uh, we have to have action. We have to. They they kill uh, young people, mental health uh people that that are are doing nothing wrong but we have to start acting action now not yesterday today tomorrow make those art signs stand in the corner put it in your window Damn. just just do it
3: yeah we don't have to wait for them to actually conduct a raid i was talking earlier with jose that it's like see that's what trump is doing man he like uh we used to say he's selling wolf tickets he's you know he's saying hey look do this or other i i'm gonna come jack you up man uh, either you like pass an immigration reform bill that gives me the wall or i'm going to start deporting people you know or he tells iran Mm -hmm. don't develop the nuclear bomb or we're going to come after you right he told that to the mexican government oh and this brings up another point i won't talk about that one but look migration is a world issue you said that you ran into other people's you know when you were behind bars fíjate right now as part of the negotiations con trump and obregón digo este alvarado yeah andres manuel lópez obrador mexico is sending your their troops to the border in not just the united states but to guatemala mm. And, they're taking peop- and the Mexican government is taking people off buses in Chiapas, in Oaxaca, and says, hey, talk about papers. They say, show me papers that you're allowed to be here mm. or travel. They don't have those papers. They're off the bus, sent back to the home country, man. Mm. You know, so like we as Chicanos, as progressives, as people looking for social justice, yeah, we're going to focus on the United States because that is, as some of us say, that's our primary contradiction. But we need to be aware of what the Mexican government is doing to migrants in Mexico as well.
0: Excellent point, Mm -hmm. compañero. Excellent point. And and absolutely, um, you know, and the thing about it is uh, migration happens all over the world. It's a, you know, it's an international... um, uh, situation that's occurring, and you know different governments uh, handled it differently. But you know, as the compañero pointed out, uh, we can't always. You know, we have to. We have to be honest uh, you know, no matter where we're at and, and the 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 truth is that uh this is occurring um all over this continent, uh and most of this continent. So, you know, we have to um be aware of that and find ways to struggle uh, you know, wherever we are. But um, you know, here in the US, um, you know, um you know, here we're we're struggling right here and, and this is where we're at and we're struggling against these ice uh concentration camps we feel that um their direct assault on our gente and um this is uh what we're struggling for at this point and and, and many many other struggles as well but this is something that's very near and dear to Rasa, and this is something that uh free aslan uh feels that um is very important and and we're going to continue to address it uh, on free Aslan, and we're going to continue to raise awareness and uh, build public opinion surrounding uh, these concentration camps and this national oppression that is being targeted on 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 Rasa. So, you know, that's just something I wanted to yeah.
4: add. But right, and uh, what I want to uh, say is. Um, what are we going to do about the children? Uh, Now, I heard uh, somewhere that uh, the children were being uh, given uh, Kool-Aid and, you know, things like that as food. Uh, So what are we going to do? We're going to stand by and just uh, say, oh, wow, you know, that's terrible. No, I think we need to mobilize and I think that um, a lot of the Major groups that care about this that are already formed and are doing something about it out at, uh, by the border. Um, there's too many to mention right now, but um, there are groups that are working on this. Uh, and so we, as gente as raza, uh, we we'll need to mobilize. We we'll need to gather and 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 say, uh, hey, that's BS. That you know, that's our hint there that those are children that that's happening to. And we cannot just stand by and watch this and let it happen, you know. This concentration camps, you know, with our children in it, that needs to stop, you know. And we as mothers, you know, that hurts to see children. being treated, mistreated, and it's, it's our brown people that that's happening to. So we need to mobilize as, as people and, and as other groups, whoever wants to, you know, join in, you know, uh, who cares about people and, and children. Uh, we need to mobilize and gather and, you know, get strong and go out there like, you know, a million people and let them know that we care
2: start putting up signs all over the place just start putting up signs yeah mm. stop the concentration camps a- and we have our beautiful art artwork just start putting up signs stand in the corner put it in uh, put it on the freeway entrance exits just like a campaign this is full-scale campaign mm. ya yeah, basta mm. absolutely beautiful.
4: Yeah.
3: yeah like I would just we were used to say you know just tag that shit up man you know put that up <laughs> right. shut, uh, shut, shut it down shut down shut it down know, man yeah Absolutely. Or put up a, as my sister said earlier put up a sign in your front lawn man stop the concentration camps. Ooh. stop the raids raise consciousness people in the community start to know hey there are people here who care
0: you know, absolutely. Yeah, well let's caravan it out to right? the, uh, it, to uh, the we're border. this little room here, Absolutely. So. Uh, absolutely. And I'll just add to that, agree 100%. percent i would add to that that, you know, when we look at the white nationalists, and these are the militia groups that are organizing, mobilizing along the border, uh, they have all these, the Miniman and all these other uh, white nationalist militias. And they're organizing and, um, you know, and they're openly organizing and the state allows them to do it. They're actually, they, they, you know, hire people to actually, uh, participate in this way. And so they're, um, you know, uh, they're like a, almost like an auxiliary force for the state, for, for the United states So the thing is, um, when it comes to Rasa, what a lot of us forget is, yeah, the white nationalists have their militia groups, but guess what? Rasa have militia groups too. They're called varios. So one of the things that many people are talking about and discussing very deeply is how to mobilize the varios because we have, these are militia groups. You know these are groups that are organized. Rasa they're mobilized. They're trained. In many cases, uh, you know they're prepared to defend in any by any means necessary. So these are the forces that I believe and many believe. Um, that, um, you know, um, do need to be um, um, looked at and, and, and you know, and, and, and politicized, mobilized. And and once these groups, once our videos are mobilized, um, you're not going to see no more of these white nationalist militia groups on the border anymore. So that's one of the things that this is why our values are targeted. This is why our people are swept up in these quote-unquote uh, fake gang raids is because the state understands that this is the force that is, um, you know, um, a huge threat to the white nationalist militia groups and to the state. And so this is a community, this is a population that um, you know the activists yeah and that activists and anybody else that we are the majority and this is a population that um, I think that anybody who cares about what's going on and the repression um, that these children are facing and others in the concentration camps needs to start looking at and um, to start collaborating with and to start mobilizing because uh, these are the forces that are going to put an end to white supremacy in these false borders. And so um so, so we just said a lot, His suicide
3: uh, You have any comments <coughs> or something? We're running out of time and I apologize that you know we maybe talked a little bit too much, but if you have any closing comments that you would like to say, please now's your chance. And again let me say as I say as I exit, please participate July twelfth, do something, put up a sign in front of your house, talk to people.
1: Act. You guys just touched a lot of important points, but what I just want to close out with is that let's use social media. Let's use social media to, not just social media, of course, because that's, that's just the beginning of it. But let's use social media to, to, to express our feelings, to express what we feel, to express our political view. Um, because a lot of times, you know, there's people that feel like us, but they don't they don't know, you know, that other people feel like them. That's why everything I post on social media is not to change somebody's mind. That's against what I believe. But it's to let those that think like me know that they're not alone, and mm. they can reach out, and we can start something together. Um. So you know, who cares what your friends think that you're political or whatever? I know a lot of people that say they 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 want to post certain things, but then they're afraid what people might say. Like, who cares, man? Like exactly. Just post what you want to post because you'll be surprised how many people feel the same way you do. And the next thing you know, they're going to be hitting you up to talk about how can we liberate our community. Not how to extend our change because a lot of the things we do or the government gives us is just more links to our change. Right. which feels like we're going further and further, but we're still chained up. Right. We need to start doing things that are going to completely break that chainsaw. I, uh, as as a slogan that y'all cool.
3: used to use, or no, it was the dreamers, right? Undocumented and unafraid. The community has to stand up and be unafraid. Absolutely. Make a sign, stand and in the street part. corner in your town, in front of your house.
0: Raise consciousness. Yeah, because the problem is a lot of people and, I, I, you know, I would say a lot of people that work in the fields or in the migrant camps, the, the shanty towns of the United Snakes, you know, they don't have Wi-Fi and laptops, you know, so uh, social media is a very good uh, thing and I agree with it. I think it's very powerful if it's harnessed in a certain way, but you could only go so far otherwise, as we know, uh, you'll get shut down by the and forces of the social media and so you know national security. and uh, you know the eight fellow you know the various uh, agencies NSA etc uh, you know but the thing is um, you know one of the things that we have to do is like the compañera said is for those who don't have social media don't have Wi-Fi don't have laptops you know don't have all of these technology uh, skills or uh, knowledge is to hold signs to walk around to put signs in your houses put them on your cars put them in your schools put them just like you know like the companero said you know we have all these tagging crews all over well you know uh, our raza uh, are very um, you know they're very smart they know how to raise awareness about different things they might be about things that are um, not very important at the time but if they, these people and these groups are mobilized and you know and, and, and you know they'd be um, very good um, uh, propaganda and you know in, in, in other societies people put posters on the walls when they were uh, you know bothered by um, what was going on in society and we need that here we need to put posters everywhere and this just needs to be saturated in every city uh, schools downtown uh, houses everywhere people need to know what's uh, going down and why
4: Maybe uh, there's someone that can make uh, signs and pass them in the neighborhood. Go ahead.
0: And, um, and so we got about 30 seconds, Jesus, and I just want to say that um, this by far was the the most co-hosts I ever had, that they were the, the best co-hosts I ever had. So I just want to thank you for coming on to Free Aslan and for raising public opinion, educating uh, the Raza on what our struggles are and about ICE terror. So um, with that being said, thank you, uh, compañero, for um Coming to Free Aslan. Yes, gracias. And organized, Free Aslan. Organized. Organized. And with that said, this is KEXU 96.1 FM, listening to JV, and that was Free Aslan.